Hey guys, welcome to the Swerve Church Podcast. My name is Danny, the lead pastor. I pray that the message that you're about to hear is encouraging, uplifting, and honestly challenging as well. I want to invite you to join us in person Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street, or catch church online at 11 a.m. on our YouTube or Facebook page. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I pray that you're blessed by today's message and that it helps draw you closer to Jesus. I wonder how many of you have ever caught this detail in the post-resurrection story. Let me paint a picture for you guys. Okay, now, Jesus is led to a cross as the blameless and sinless Lamb of God to atone for the sins of the world. And after he's unjustly executed, they place him in a tomb where three days later, just as he had predicted of himself, he conquered the grave and he rose from the dead. As Easter approaches, this is exactly what it's all about. And this is why we celebrate, because Jesus conquered Satan's sin and death. His life, His death, His resurrection has given us forgiveness of sin, a new life, and eternity with the Father. After He conquers the grave, He actually appears to the disciples. They were frightened. They were heartbroken. But then Jesus stands before them. They're able to see Him. They're able to touch Him. They're able to hear Him speak. But there's this sentence that we read in the Gospel of Matthew. Right before Jesus gives what we know as the Great Commission, sandwiched between His miraculous resurrection and this great call to make disciples, we read this. Check this out in the Gospel of Matthew. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw Him, they worshipped, but some doubted. You mean to tell me that after all that evidence, after all they had seen and heard and experienced, and with Jesus standing right before them, some of them doubted? To top it off, they're in the posture of worshiping Jesus while simultaneously having doubt. And I think that we've all been there at some point, where no matter how secure you are in your faith and how rock solid your theology is, at some point, there was a moment of wrestling with at least an inkling of doubt. Good Mythical Morning is a YouTube channel led by two personalities. Their names are Rhett and Link. They do these very funny and entertaining challenge videos and usually involves a lot of food. It's usually pretty good, clean fun that the entire family could watch. It just so happened that these popular YouTubers were also Christian. That is until about three years ago when they released a pair of videos where they claimed to have deconstructed their faith. In other words, they no longer call themselves Christians or followers of Jesus. I think about so many people that I know that were once on fire for God. They made a priority of getting together with God's family regularly. They worshipped and gave and served, but now they aren't as on fire as they once were. Those things that were once priorities are no longer such. And maybe they wouldn't go so far as to say that they no longer believe in God, but their lives certainly reflect the reality without Him. And no doubt some names and some faces pop into your mind, even while I say this of some people that you might know, some friends, family, or neighbors, people that you love, that you wish they would put their faith and trust in Jesus. Let's take it a step further. Maybe you're here today, and at some point you found yourself having your own series of doubts. Maybe you're here today and you came with some doubt and plenty of questions. Honestly, by and large, I think that many times as followers of Jesus, we have not been very helpful in assisting people navigate their doubts. 
we're often quick to rattle little off little one-liners to accuse people of not having enough faith. You know, I was at a youth retreat in upstate New York, and I was asked to speak to about 300 youth and their leaders. And on one of the nights after I gave a message, this quirky high school age kid came up to me and he thanked me for speaking. He said that the message really spoke to him. And as we were in conversation and as I was asking him some questions, he confided enough to tell me that he had some serious questions and doubts about God. His friends at school would make fun of him for going to church and they gave him pushback for his faith. You know, all of this created some doubt in him. I asked him if he had spoken to his youth pastor and shared some of his questions and doubts. And he told me that he did, but that whenever he would mention it, they would just tell him, you just got to have more faith. You got to have more faith. Guys, we need to do better than that. We need to do better than just shaming and guilting people for not having enough faith. I believe that what we can do is help walk with people through their doubts, help people navigate their questions. You know, what are some reasons as to why people doubt? Here's a couple of reasons, and you can write this down in your notes. Sometimes it's personal reasons. Perhaps they come, they, they've come to a crisis of faith brought on by a difficult season in life. Or they have difficulty rationalizing a spiritual reality and a physical reality. Or they become overcome with the here and now. The faith traditions, the practices, and the values seem more and more distant and less relevant as time goes on. Sometimes people doubt because of unanswered questions. There might be some genuine questions or misunderstandings of the Bible. There may be some confusion or perplexing concepts that they're struggling to grapple with. Sometimes it's the clashing worldviews that they're being presented with from their teachers at school, or their classmates, or from their co-workers or from other friends. Sometimes people doubt because of church hurt. Maybe they went to a church that just didn't teach the Bible properly, or they weren't very loving. Or perhaps the Christians there proclaimed to love Jesus, but didn't demonstrate it with the way they lived. They just gossiped and slandered people, or, or the pastor had a huge moral failing, like so many other big-name spiritual leaders in our country. And, and lastly, sometimes people doubt because of pain and suffering. It's the thought that if there really were a God, there wouldn't be so much suffering in the world. We wouldn't have so much suffering. We, we would never have experienced a worldwide pandemic. There wouldn't be the senseless shooting of innocent lives like we just witnessed this past week in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, of course, this isn't an exhaustive list, but it's a few reasons as to why some people may begin to doubt their faith. You know, there's a story in the Gospel of Mark where there was a dad who had a son that the Bible describes as having a spirit that would cause him to convulse and foam at the mouth. Additionally, whenever this evil spirit would lay hold of him, he would attempt to throw the child into fire or water to try to burn or drown the boy. And the dad is at his wit's end, and he brings the boy to Jesus. And the following verses describe for us what happened. He says, But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. How relatable are the words of this desperate dad here? I, I do believe, but help my unbelief. It's kind of like the passage that we read in the beginning. The disciples are worshiping the risen Jesus and wrestling with doubt. 
I think that we can learn from this. I think what we can learn from this is this, and you can write this down in your notes. And that is that doubtedness does not discount faith. It seems like there is a space between doubt and faith that doesn't automatically rule out or disqualify faith. It appears that there is a tension that we can actually lean into. For the desperate father, there was a sense of believing that Jesus could do the miracle. Perhaps he saw him do it before. He heard the stories of Jesus potentially being the long-awaited Messiah. But on the other hand, he's looking at his son and he's foaming at the mouth and he's having these violent attacks. And he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. One of the boldest, hard-headed, and vocal of the disciples had to be Peter. He had this radical encounter with Jesus. Jesus called him out from being a fisher of fish to a fisher of men. And Peter saw Jesus do miracles, heal the sick, cast out demons. And in Matthew chapter 14, he even saw Jesus feed thousands of people by multiplying a young man's lunch. In that chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus sends the disciples off on a boat as he heads out to pray. And I can just imagine Jesus after teaching thousands of people and feeding them all, just needing a break. Not just from the crowds, but from the disciples as well. And he goes off to recharge his batteries and reconnect with the Father through prayer. The narrative continues as the disciples are now a long way away from the shore in this boat. And all of a sudden, the waves begin to pick up. But then in the distance, the disciples see the shadow of what appears to be someone walking on the water. They're scared to death until they hear a familiar voice. It's Jesus walking on the water toward them. And he tells them to not be afraid. And then Matthew tells us that our bold buddy Peter is the first to speak up. And this happens. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus' response to Peter is, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and, and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus asks Peter, why did you doubt? What do you think was the tone of Jesus in that moment? Perhaps at first glance, you read it and think that, that Jesus is scolding Peter for not having faith and beginning to drown. But I think that at a, at a closer glance, that isn't the tone at all. I mean, first of all, Peter was the only one to get out of the boat and trust Jesus enough in the first place to actually take a step of faith. But secondly, you get this picture of Jesus actually stretching out his hand to reach out and save Peter. It's a loving gesture and perhaps even an invitation to something greater. Perhaps doubt is not the enemy of faith. It can be an invitation to a deeper faith. If you look at the relationship between Peter and Jesus, you would see one of multiple opportunities to grow in his faith and maybe even a specific call to grow in his faith despite his doubts. You might remember Peter was adamant about being by Jesus' side no matter what, that he would never leave him no matter what imminent threat was on its way. Yet as Jesus was journeying with the cross and being nailed to it, Peter would deny him three times. But when the resurrected Jesus encounters Peter, what does he do? He doesn't condemn him. He doesn't shame him. He asks him, Peter, do you love me? Three times. And tells him, then feed my sheep. In other words, it was a warm invitation back to him and calling and a calling to fulfill 
the purposes of Christ. So if you're here today and you're struggling with doubt, thank you so much for being here. You could have chosen to not be here or do something else, but you pushed through that doubt and you arrived here. Understand that your doubts or your questions don't necessarily need to be an enemy of faith. It might just be an invitation to a deeper faith. And I don't know what is bringing about these thoughts or doubts, if it's because of personal reasons or if it's because of unanswered questions. I don't know if you experienced church hurt in the past that confused you or if you're struggling to rationalize the dysfunction in the world around you with a good and active God. I want to encourage you. Doubt doesn't have to be the enemy of faith. Pursue truth. Reject what is wrong and pursue the truth. And what you'll find is that the truth will lead you to Jesus. You might still have some questions. You might still wrestle with some doubt. And when that happens, you're invited into a deeper faith. Church, we've got to do better. We have to do better at helping walk with people through their doubts. If you're rock solid in your faith, Praise God. Learn how to help others navigate their questions. Help others pursue truth and do so from a place of love and compassion like Jesus. When Peter began to doubt and drown, Jesus didn't leave him to drown for a little so that he can learn a lesson. Jesus, our servant king, extended his hand and pulled him out of the water. And when Peter denied him, Jesus cooked him breakfast and invited him to a greater purpose. He invited him to continue to deepen his faith. In other words, to deepen his trust, his confidence, and his dependency on Jesus. If you're here today and you've never heard the good news of Jesus, you never understood the fact that we are all broken and in desperate need of saving, that Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life so that he might become a blameless sacrifice on our behalf so that by his blood we might be washed of our sin that He rose on the third day so that all who put their faith in Him can have forgiveness of sin and new life, then I invite you to journey with Jesus. I don't invite you to a religion. I don't invite you to a tradition. I don't invite you to a practice. I invite you to the arms of God who embraces you and welcomes you into His family because of Jesus. And in order to experience this, all you need to do is put your faith in Jesus. Come to Him with your doubts. Come to Him with your questions, with your fears. He can handle it. Just come to him today. Let's pray. I pray, God, that we might be good examples of Jesus to our friends, family, and neighbors. I pray, Father, that we might be good representations of Jesus to our community. And I do pray for those who have doubts and questions. I pray that those things would help fuel their faith and not pull them away. In those moments of questioning, remind us of what is certain and true, that you love us tremendously that Jesus lived, died, and rose from our sin so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be made new, and so that we can be a part of the family of God. And so I just pray you help us to push through our faith. And I just pray, God, that we may be an open and honest faith community, that we might be able to wrestle with our doubts and questions, and that we might, we might do so together with great love and compassion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, I truly pray and hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's message. I want to take a second to invite you to join us in person. We're gathering this Sunday at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub 
239 Stanhope Street right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And come on over, join us, come to the Sword Pub, let's worship together, let's get together, let's worship God together, let's learn and grow together, let's fellowship together. Why don't you come on out and join us in person this Sunday?